you know is taken away from you when you are unknown, when you are alone, when you are gone. Just remember, you will be missed. Hello, and welcome to You Will Be Missed, a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast exploring the Valley of Barovia and the surrounding mists. I am Fluffy, your DM, and joining me tonight is Tony. Hello, I'm Tony. I'll be playing Ander, the Azamar Artificer. We both go Pete. by he, him pronoun- mm-hmm. pronouns. Uh, Pete? I'm very confused at the order of introduction here, but hi, I am Pete. Uh, I am playing Malelius von Tempestus, the completely human paladin, um, and both of us uh, ID as he slash him. Days? I am Days. I will be playing Janwe Kristovic. Uh, both Janwe and myself go by uh, he, him. Clarence? I'm Clarence. I play Sangam. The current fronter is Ulharak, who uses she-they pronouns, but the system as a whole uses they-them. And Cello. I am Cello. I'm playing Raxo. Uh, my pronouns are they-them, uh, and so are Raxos. Oh, and I'm a druid half-orc. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back, everybody. After a nightly visit... The group reevaluated their courses of action, heading onward to the village of Balaki, where they dropped off Irina, including their original contract with Irina Kolyana and Ismark Kolyanovich. Ismark and Irina said their goodbyes as Ismark returned back to the village of Barovia. party themselves, getting used to the new village they found themselves in. Except for Yanwe, who has called this place home for for several years at this point. The group was introduced to the proprietors of the Blue Water Inn, Erwin and Danica Martikov, as well as briefly introduced to their two children. The group was given room and board, both Ionwe and Mal had some uh, divine introspection that night at the nearby church, the Church of St. Andral. After thinking about the events of their journey thus far, the group retired for the evening. Ionwe in his home, the rest of you in your room at the Blue Water. As you go down for rest, Sangam, the system feels their original kind of adoration of Strahd start to fade, like nothing unnatural. You don't, there's not like a switch flipped where you suddenly go from, he's the best guy ever to, oh my God, I hate him. (laughs) But there's a little bit of a fogginess where you kind of go back and rejudge your actions of like, did I really have this con- that conversation? Okay, what was so, I thinking? Um, I think that for Sangam, the system as a whole, that would feel like 
when one of them was influencing whoever was in front at the moment. So like kind of a passive bleed of emotion. So everyone's kind of like doing a catalog of what were you feeling about this? What are your thoughts about this? Where did this come from? And there is something of note. It was one of the first times there has been complete unanimous agreement. Oh, interesting. Okay. Like every, every um, entity all had that kind of adoration. Interesting. So take that as you will. Mel. Eh? As you're sleeping, your your thoughts drift there, and something that stands out to you as you're resting there on the bed, you have a vision. You see a, a deep blue lake in front of you. You can almost feel a cool breeze blowing across your cheek as the water kind of not entirely still but it it curls up into very slight waves off in the distance you see what looks like a rowboat with an individual on it there seems to be something next to him on this boat that seems to be wriggling the vision fades and you wake up any chance I identified the person on the boat um I could tell you you could roll but it is not somebody that you have met before okay but someone whose description I could remember though of course okay we'll just chalk that up in the I'll remember this category. Understood. Alright. Everyone else, you wake. Some of you starting to unfortunately get used to the gray sky exterior outside. Looking through the windows of your uh, rented room in the inn. That muted, filtered sunlight. Not really bringing any warmth to the ground beneath it. Of thoughts between you all of what is your next move now that you have arrived at this this supposed safe haven for the time being I wrote it down uh, did Erwin, I believe his name was Erwin, um, mention wanting to speak with us in the morning? That is correct. Okay, okay I, knew, I thought I wrote that down for refusing Yep um, What was our original job <clears throat> that led us here. It was just figuring out why people were disappearing, right? That was Ianways. Oh, your original job that brought you to Barovia? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Why people were disappearing. Okay. Well, that, that's basically been answered at this point, but, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. For um, the group's edification, you find in the payment that you had received from Ismark. Um, there's a bag worth, um, and inside there are several small gems of varying uh, 
quality type. You know, no, none of you are jewelers, but if you had to give an estimate, you probably would say there's a few hundred golds worth of gems in the sack. Cool. Nice. Very nice. Ianwe, is there anything in particular you would like to do at your house? Um, no, morning prayer, uh, compile some, some notes into a new journal and head out to greet the day, uh, go help out at the church. Nothing, nothing at home. No. Okay. I'm going to head to the church. Uh, when you're there, roll me an insight check. <laughs> Nine. While you're there, you, you get this feeling of just this chill going down your spine, but it's really hard to tell what might be the cause of it. I'll chalk it up to the fact that I am I am the weird one, and I'm assuming people are looking at me, even though no one's looking at me. Potentially. Everybody else, you, you wake up. Um, I don't know what the, the usual wake-up patterns would be, but everyone is everyone is able to get themselves a full long's rest. Have the morning to kind of mull about yourselves. If there's anything that the group would like to discuss, you're more than welcome to. Otherwise, you are welcome to head down to the common room and get breakfast. Are there, among those gems, is there any, like, I want to keep the least valuable ones to, I guess I could do, I could always use copper pieces, but I, I kind of want to keep the least valuable ones to trade with crows. Sure. I guess I'll just make sure I have tiny, or, or uh, shiny copper pieces sure. or whatever. Yeah. You're welcome to do that. Um, that's pretty feasible to do, and. Honestly, some of the lesser expensive gems you could probably break into chunks. Mm -hmm. So that wouldn't really like waste a lot of its overall value. Okay, cool. Because there's there's some in there that are like five gold worth uh, the gems, like an opal or a, mm -hmm. you know really really like murky quartz. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So I'll take some of the lower quality ones and break them up into pieces. So I have. I have uh, have bribe money for the okay. for the crows. <laughs> All right. Um. So I'll say that the there's now about four hundred and ninety five gold worth of gems. Cool. cool. If somebody would like to mark that down, and then Raxo, you have five golds worth of um, gem fragments. Sparklies. Yeah. Of shinies. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm All right. So is there anything the group would like to do or head down to the common room? The common room sounds good to me. Yeah, common room for Mal. Yeah, okay. common room. Um, also, when Sangam gets up for once, they are wearing the red shawl instead of any of the other um, clothing of all the various altars. For once, I managed to roll Sangam actually fronting. Yay. The character themselves. <laughs> Yay. First Sangam style. 
The room is, you know, not as busy as it was in the mor or at night. Kind of. Many of you have been to uh, inns long enough to know that it. You know, usually, the most action is at night, and in the morning, it's usually just a few people that have stayed there or some coming for a meal. You see, Irina um, sitting at uh, one of the tables, the bowl of. Uh, Porridge, and she's just kind of minding her own business. There's a few patrons having themselves some dried, uh, dried fruits, dried vegetables, kind of just minding their own business, as it were. Erwin and Donica are behind the counter preparing the the tavern of part of the the inn. Dishing out orders periodically. You see two men that kind of stand out from the group that you saw the previous night. They are... Uh, there. There's airs of both of them looking kind of similar in overall, like, facial structures you know, hinting at some level of uh, relations. They're wearing relatively uh, nicer looking clothes, kind of like silk. You know, silks, they're a little sloppy, though. Many of, uh, both of them are nursing a large cup of wine, and you can just in a casual, casual uh, eavesdrop, you can kind of tell from the slurring in their voice as they talk to each other that they're already drunk. <laughs> Erwin uh, notices the group and kind of just waves, and, and Donica motions you over. I, I, I hope you all slept very well, darlings. Uh, is there anything we can get for you for a morning meal? like some wine uh, we could probably scrounge up some tea if that's what you're into uh i would like tea all right uh some tea for me as well please all right uh, that that is something that i can go do erwin tend to our guests while i go fetch some tea she kind of heads off Heads back into the kitchen area and Erwin kind of makes his way up to the bar proper. Well, good morning, everyone. You slept well, I take it? Indeed. Good. I, um, I have some business for you. I would kind of ideally like your, um, like a young way to be here since you seem to be friends, but... Mostly because I don't want to repeat myself. I assume at some stage I will be told to stop helping out at the church because uh, I'm not being paid and wander, but the, the, if, if no one comes to get me, uh, way delayed into this conversation, I will show up. Okay. 
know, I would say that you were probably there bright and early, so this would be about the time that you would likely show up. You know, you were probably at the church at like 6 a.m. And, you know, the rest of the group kind of hobbled downstairs at like 9. Sounds good. So you enter in the inn, right as Erwin uh, says, oh, you know, I don't want to have to repeat myself again. I'm sorry, you want you didn't want to have to do what again? Well, speak of the devil. I was just about to um, talk to your friends about the work that I would like to potentially hire you for. He kind of leans up over the bar, motions you over. Irina gives you just a light wave as you enter. A wave in response. He... You know, he takes you aside. His, he motions for you all to approach the, the bar because it seems like what he's about to say is something he doesn't want overheard. So he leans in and uh, kind of says, Come, let us, uh, let us go back into one of the other rooms. Uh, we can head to the storage. He pulls you all into storage room full of various casks of what you assume to be wine just based on every interaction you've had in this valley and so he as you all come inside he kind of looks at you all I really don't want to have to admit this but my supply of wine is nearly gone, and the next shipment is severely overdue. I would potentially like for you to investigate what is going on. Uh, there is a, a vineyard to the west of here. It is really the only vineyard in the valley. And Ideally, I would like to uh, see what is going on there and why there is um, why there has not been any shipments sent out. Okay. Um, anything we need to know about this vineyard? Who's the the owner, proprietor of it? Um, Who should we seek out? Yeah, so you see as you ask, like, who's the owner of this vineyard, there's this look of hesitation on Erwin's face. It seems like he's trying to put together how exactly he wants to say this. Like he's trying not to say it? Yeah, like he's trying to figure out the best way to approach it. Like it's it sounds like it's an uncomfortable topic. He's strategically phrasing. He's, mm -hmm. he's, he's choosing his words wisely. Okay. Just if we're gonna show up unannounced, I want to be able to at least. Uh... It is um, run by by an old crow of a man. His name is um, 
Davian. I'd go myself, but there is, um, let's just say there's a bit of bad blood between us. Not enough to ruin business, but... So we should not tell him that you sent us, or... You can tell him, I just... I don't want to approach him myself, is what it boils down to. Okay. And, uh, how late is your shipment? Three weeks at this point. Peace. Okay. We have enough barrels to last us um, maybe another week. And he kind of motions to all the casks. I know what you're about to say. Isn't this a lot of wine? Well, in a couple days, the Burgomaster is throwing another one of his festivals, and I am required to bring at least three casks to a fest, to a festival. Okay. So that yep. that leaves us with six and. Assuming the way things are going, there will be another festival in a week. So that really only leaves me three to ration for the business. Okay. And if this... You said Davian was the name? If uh, he's yes. no longer interested in doing business with you, how would you like us to handle that? see what it would take for him to continue business with me. Okay. There are not a lot of um, distributors in the valley, so it, I am hesitant to believe that um, the lack of shipments is due to any grudges. Okay. Makes sense. But um, if you do this, I will... There will be pay involved. Your room and board is will be free afterwards for as long as you need to stay here. But um, just don't let it slip that our that wine is running low. I I don't think many in the valley could handle that. Wine is kind of the lifeblood of Barovia. It is so truly we all we have. Uh, what was that, uh, I said, uh So we've been told, as, as all Raxo said. People must find their joy where they can. The old crew, okay. So it was west of here? Correct. Okay. He, he, uh, looks, he looks to Yanwei. It is, uh, you know, follow the old Svalich Road. Kind of directly to south of Kresk. Do you, do you know the area I'm talking about? I know exactly the area you're talking about. Alright, good. So then you will not get lost along the way, which is good. I would, I would hate for that to happen. He kind of goes and, you know, motions to give you all, like, a very, like, uh, enthusiastic handshake. And Andrew would shake. 
Yep. And he, he, he strokes his black and gray beard and just says, I, I hope that this is, uh, this is the start of a, of a good arrangement between the six of us. I, I like your group. Even if you have bad taste in friends and he kind of like elbows the Yanwei in the ribs. Me? Bad? What? <laughs> the uh, worst. Don't, don't let his serious demeanor fool you. He, uh, he can be quite the troublemaker if he wants to be. I only asked for coffee. I know that it is hard to come by, but, you know, it's, uh, it grows on you. He just kind of chuckles. That is what I asked of you. You are welcome to do this at your own time. I have a couple of weeks until things should get concerning. But I at least wanted to give you a heads up so you can potentially work it into whatever your plans are. I didn't really have any. Just kind of uh, here. That makes my job much easier. He kind of chuckles and he leads everybody back into the common room. Donica is standing there, kind of miffed, holding a tray of uh, teacups. You know, Erwin, you could have told me that you were taking our guests into the back room. I wasn't standing here with their tea, wondering what the hell is going on. And Erwin just kind of flashes a coy grin at his wife and takes the teacups and passes them out to the group. Goes and gives Donica a peck on the cheek. I I knew you could handle it, honey. She just gives, she rolls her eyes at him. Fine, fine. Well, one of us should get back to work. She goes to kind of fetch orders for people, and Erwin kind of has the sheepish look on his face, but... All right, well, um... As, um, Donica said, there is porridge ready, if you like. Nothing special. Grains, mostly. Um, we do have some dried... Um, dried fruits available. Raxo is going to take their tea. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I am going to go check on Elle. Um, and that they'll is go, fine. They'll go to uh, hang out with their horse. <laughs> going to go see a man about a horse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just go see an NB about a horse. <laughs> yeah, that's easy enough to Rag, so you head to the back of the, the Blue Water Inn. You, you end up coming across a, a decent enough stable. You see Alice in one of the, kind of one of the pen areas. She's munching away at some hay. Noticing your arrival, she kind of looks at you favorably goes back to munching on some hay because it, it's tasty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, um, sorry, oh, go ahead. No, you you first. Uh, okay, I was going to say, I was just going to, you know, brush and all of the normal horse-carrying, load-bearing stuff. Sure. 
that you do for, you know, horses before you put their stuff on them. Yeah. While you're in here, other than Ellis, you also see a a gray, kind of this gray draft horse mare. She's she's in good condition, younger. You kind of are like, oh, hey, look, another horse friend. Mm-hmm. And while you're standing here, you notice that all of the stalls are clean and well-maintained, which, you know, you show that seems like the, the horses here are being taken care of. And you definitely notice other things going on. You hear the squawking of birds. You kind of look up in the rafters and you see... There's a few um, ravens that seem to peek their head down from the rafters above, and there's a, a ladder leading up stair or leading up above. Do I hear anybody or anything in the? Um... Nope. You just hear the squawking of ravens. And you periodically see them, seeing what's going on down there, and kind of a few heads poke around. You hear some squawking. And... Mostly bird noises. Uh, I think I'm going to build some rapport with these ravens. I'm not going to cast any spells, but um, just, you know, roll some animal handling, offer them some shinies. Sure. Um, Some of the smaller ones. I'm going to save the bigger ones for actual bribes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, That's easily doable. Um, They seem to be happy in their in the rafters, so you'll, you probably will have to climb the ladder up there. Okay, that's fine. I will climb the ladder. You climb up into the rafters. There's definitely that kind of funk that comes with uh, you know, birds' nests and, like, droppings and everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's lots of piles of hay. The windows here are a little on the crustier side. Something that kind of stands out is there are hundreds of birds up here. Oh my god. Okay. And it's it's not like a, you know, hoarding cat situation where they're all in various states of like health. <laughs> health. They're all all of these ravens are doing are doing well health-wise. And many of them are hanging out in the hay in the rafters, on some of the support beams. Many of them just kind of nesting or mulling about. A few of them will fly in and out uh, through the through the open area that you climbed up the ladder through. Okay, just kidding. I am going to cast spells. Um, I'm going to ask... One that, well, I'm going to pick one that looks curious of, of, of my shinies. Um, and then cast Speak with Animals. Okay. Um, you can ritual cast it if you'd like. I would like to do that. Okay. Does that cost a spell slot or not? Nope. That does not. You cast with an R. Nice. Um, cast the pirate version. Yeah, yep. instead, of, <laughs> yeah, instead of 10 minutes, it takes 11 minutes. Oh, okay. That's such a big deal. Um, I know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I will 
ritual casts. I will pirate cast speak with animals. Arr! Arr. And ask the nearest one. Um, <clears throat> why are so, there so... Oh, sorry. I'll let you go. I was going to say, as you cast that, um, you very much get the feeling, Braxo, of like being in a crowded city square. And there are lots of lots of people talking all at once. Mm-hmm. Because the spell lets you speak with with all beasts. animals. Yeah. Yes, all animals. And so there's there's these hundreds of birds. Many of them are just kind of talking. And so you hear bits of like conversations of like that 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 is a big person. I have never seen one so green. <laughs> oh, look at all those shinies. Stop talking. I'm trying to sleep. You know, all that kind of thing. <laughs> lots and lots of banter. Um, mm -hmm. And you, you pull out these gem fragments and a few of them do take interest. And kind of one larger raven hops on forward, looks at you, looks at the the shinies. Um... I will start by saying, would you like one of these? I will accept your offer of shiny object. I will. And everyone, and you hear, he, 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 <laughs> uh, the bird goes and takes one. And suddenly you see all of, like, dozens of heads turn towards you. Mm -hmm. Shiny? I like shiny, uh, shiny, shiny, I, shiny. I apologize. I do not have enough shinies for everyone. Um, but I was... Mine? Mine. Mine. <laughs> it is very much in that vein. Uh, um, but I do have some questions about here. Well, first of all, why are there so many of you? There's normally not this many we ravens together. We live here? All of you? you? Yes. 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 Just visiting. Yes. Yes. <laughs> We're visiting from... Where are you visiting from? All uh, of you are visiting, or all, only that one? It's, uh, I am also visiting. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um. But all of but but the majority of you live here in this stable. Yes. Yes, we do. I have not seen a flock so large before. It is a very nice place to live. The people here are nice. They give us food. They keep the rain away. I see. And they can also... They also are like us. How so? Because they also have feathers and beaks and can fly. The people? Yes. All of them or just some of them? Many of the birds are like, I don't know, I don't know. Oh. Uh. I like the one with the beard. <laughs> yes, he is a nice one. Assuming you are talking about the same person I am thinking of. Probably. Is there anything I can roll to help me think of good questions? <laughs> um, what, kind, like what kind of things are you trying to convey? I'm not going to make you roll for that. Yeah, I guess I'm trying to um, 
I'm trying to understand more about this city and about um, like how well people stand out to them. Like if I were able to describe a specific person and have them find that person, I guess I could. I did. I did do that earlier. So mm-hmm. yeah, I guess most of it is I have general questions about. Oh, I'll ask about the vineyard. Um. Yeah, yeah. I'll ask about the vineyard if if I can figure out what's um. Sure. If they sure. know anything about that. Yeah. Um, some some of the ravens chime up. There is pla- there is a place between the large hill and the wall city. I think that is what you speak of. I they talk of winery before. I don't know what winery is. Do they have lots of fruits on vines? Yes. And that is it. Has anything changed there lately? They all kind of think. There were um, lots of sticks moved in. Did they set these sticks on fire or anything like, or that just the sticks added? These sticks walked in and and started living there. Can I roll insight to figure out what the fuck that means? Sure. Uh, it's a 17. So you're trying to wrap your head around, like, is this an analogy? Do they just not have the words for it? But the way that this bird is talking to you, you really get the feeling that they aren't being metaphorical. They aren't trying to describe something similar. They're literally saying that sticks walked into the vineyard. Interesting. I have never seen sticks walk before. There were many. Interesting. Do you avoid the... uh, the vineyard now, or is it still safe with the sticks there? We can fly. The sticks don't bother us. We fly away. Okay. Is there anywhere in this land that you avoid? I don't like that building on the the cliff. The big, well, the big stone building? Yes. There, There is also a cold place I don't like either. That is very strange. It does not feel right. A cold place, okay. Yes. A cold place. I, I, we, I flew there once because I saw shinies, but I don't. It, it didn't feel right. I see. Are there any people you avoid? Ones that try to hurt us. Yes, that I agree. But no one specific. As you say, no one specific. It's kind of like a wall of sound as they all like talk about somebody that tried to hurt them that they're trying to avoid. (laughs) I see. I see. (laughs) Yeah. So you know, you're 
basically you're getting the equivalent of, oh, like, oh, yeah, I avoid Steve. Oh, yeah, well, fuck Robert. Okay, okay. And it just, you know, imagine that dozens and dozens and dozens of times. Okay. Well, thank all of you for your help. I will... I will go find some seed for you. I don't have enough shinies for everyone, so I will go find food instead. Um, as you say, I'll go find seed. Um, some of the ravens kind of move aside bits of hay and we have seeds. It is fine. Thank you. You are nice. Okay. All right. Well, it was a pleasure talking with all of you. Um, have a wonderful day. And they all kind of just squawk and yeah, and I'll climb back down. And as you um, climb back down, you hear the sounds of kind of like bickering. And some of them are like, "Well, I get the shiny now." <laughs> it's like, no, we have to share the shiny. <laughs> um, before my spell wears off, and I'm I'm gonna walk over to Ellis and just. Thank her for all of the help carrying things and, um, you know, tell her how much I appreciate her friendship, all of that nice stuff. Oh, it, it is nice to talk to you. It is good to I, talk to you. It is appreciated. Just please don't, um, don't make me go by those big wolves again. I will, I promise to do my best to keep you safe from wolves. I mean, there is nothing to worry about. You are nicer than the last person that rode me. I am glad. I'm going to... I value our friendship, and I plan to stay by your side. I I'll like that. A, I'll give her a pet on the nose. <laughs> For now, I need to go back inside. The other horse seems to be just kind of watching you as you're having this conversation. Mm -hmm. Seems to be a little perplexed that it can actually hear you talking. Mm -hmm. uh, if I notice that, I'll say, um, hello, my name is Raxo. Hello, I, my name is Drusilla. It is very nice to meet you. And who do you belong to? I am here with my uh, with my rider. He goes by the name of Rictavio now. Now? What was his name before? He has had many different names. He doesn't like me to talk to many people about them. He, he is very cautious, is what they say. Do you happen to have any apples with you? Um, I don't have any on my... on me at the moment. I can see what I can find. That's fine. Um... I will actually turn to Ellis and say, What was your name before? Uh, it was Horse. Oh. Uh... <laughs> Okay, we will keep Ellis. Okay. I... <laughs> Poor Ellis. <laughs> I like that name. I was also fine with horse, but I like Ellis more because you like it. Uh, 
It gives me warm fuzzies, and I will just pat her on the nose again. Um, do you have a favorite food, Ellis? She kind of tilts her head. Um, food is my favorite kind of food. I understand. Same. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. That whole thing was a mood right there. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Bye. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone. I say to the the barn in general, all the animals I've chatted thank with this morning. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Who are we talking to? I don't know. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to return back to the inn with everyone. Okay. Uh, what, while Raxo is, is um, being Dr. Doolittle, <laughs> is there anything that the rest of the team would like to do? Um, while sitting in the uh, main bit of the tavern, pouring out except about or excluding the the upcoming jamboree. Mm-hmm. This is going on, if any. Okay, so what are you doing? Sorry. Just listening. Just listening to see gotcha. if people are talking about anything. Yeah, people are talking. Some of it's about, you know, just kind of like, you know, I'm glad today's not raining. Um, not a lot of anything, like just mostly small talk. Um, there's only a handful of people here that, at this point in the day. But if there's anything in particular, I'll certainly let you know. Got it. At this point, Raxo comes back and they're smelling a little bit of, of like a barn, but not in the unpleasant way. I'll come in and find Sangam mm -hmm. and sit down next to them. Morning. Well, good morning, Sangam. Uh,. I just had an interesting conversation with the ravens. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they said something about... So, this, um... Place... That we are... Going next... <laughs> Rax is kind of looking side to side, like, we're not supposed to say stuff, so I'm gonna be vague. Um... The ravens said that sticks moved in recently. I... And they seem to mean like actual, like branches, actual sticks made of wood moved in. It does not make any sense to me. So we will have to see what that even means. Um, does that sound familiar to me at all? I will say Raxo and Sangam, you can roll nature check. Sangam, it will be a disadvantage. Okay. Uh, I got a seven. <laughs> I got an eight. 
<laughs> I don't know, man. Magic? Magic <laughs> stuff? Yep, yep. That sounds like some kind of weird magic. It's yeah. outside of my realm of knowledge. Mine as well. Mine as well. I guess we will see. Also, I found out that Alice did not have a name in their previous owner. She uh, was called the horse, and I believe she was underfed, if I had to guess. Well, she won't be now. That's right. <laughs> She doesn't even have a favorite food, like... It is, um... Oh well. She is cared for now. That is the important bit. Yeah. And I'll wait till we're on the road to explain the stick thing to everybody else. Sure. Sure. You know, pe people are kind of talking. Um, Irina excuses herself and heads upstairs eventually. There's the, the two men in the very well-off attire are being very boisterous for this early in the morning. But as was previously described, they've been very, very heavy into the drink. Mostly being more of a nuisance than anything. Yonwei, you hear some of the people nearby, kind of some of the other villagers kind of groaning under their breath at this display of public drunkenness. Have I seen these people before? You have. Um, the the uh, Those two men, the, the ones in the noble attire, are um, Nikolai and Karl Wachter. They are um, brothers their mother, Fiona Vakhtar, is an influential figure in town. She, um, the Vakhtar family manor is kind of uh, one of the more northern parts, like northern estates in the village. Larger manor. They come from money. Gotcha. You're kind of... This seems to be their, their routine of coming here during the day and just getting shit-faced. I will lead them to it. Mm -hmm. They mostly just seem to be bickering and drinking and obviously eavesdropping on people. But not for, like, trying to get secrets. Mostly like a... Mostly like the way somebody would watch a soap opera in that vein of just trying to get something, you know, trying to see if they'll hear something fun or interesting. Waiting for that juicy secret. Yeah. Gonna keep but, to myself yeah. and um, just watch everyone else. Also, what has Irina been doing this whole time? Eating her breakfast, reading a book. Uh, nothing like outrageous, kind of just, it seems like it's a morning routine of sorts. But, you know, she's just relaxing for the time being. She Got seems it. to have gotten a better night's sleep than 
she's had since you met her. Whatever that means. The rest of the group, you, you hear those villagers kind of arguing, or well, kind of groaning under their breath and saying something about those those damned Wachter brothers. They need to get out their sorry asses. And eventually those villagers head off. Carl and Nikolai continuing to drink and order more wine from the bar. Erwin and Donica will kind of just accommodate. Eventually one of the brothers will go outside then come back in. Goes like on, on like that for a little while. And eventually another villager kind of comes in. This one kind of wearing Yanwei, you recognize them as wearing uh, kind of the uniform and colors of one of the Burgomaster's servants. They enter into the into the blue water uh, almond room. Kind of waves and looks at everybody and puts up a, a banner uh, on the inside of the door. Goes over to Erwin. Hi, hi, Orwin. The Bergomaster is um, wanting to know if everything is coming together for the, the new festival. Yes, yes, we have the wine prepared and we will have, we will have, we will have the little cakes that he likes. Okay, good. Um, he said that everything needs to be perfect. I know, like the, like every other festival. No, this one needs to be perfect, he said. And Erwin kind of sighs under his breath. Understood, I will do what I can. And he, um, the servant looks at the rest of the group, kind of eyes you cautiously. And then heads out and you hear him hammering outside on the door, probably putting a banner on the other side as well before heading off. Everyone just kind of sighs. And... I will sigh All with right. him. And he just kind of looks at you. All will be well, right? All will be well. <sighs> just kind of grits his teeth and goes back to it. It seems like people are kind of filing out the really, so it's just the group of you and the, the Vokter brothers. You hear kind of the sounds of, of chatter outside. People seem to be going about their day. Anything else anyone needs to take care of before we head out? think I have anything. Nothing for me. Yeah. Are we, uh, the vineyard, then? Yes. It really seems like an option. As you approach the door, you see, uh, 
You see this parchment kind of just adhered to the door. It, uh, there, there's a picture of a stylized sun. And with the sun itself has a face, has a face and it's very, you know, there's, there's a lot of hatch and detail on it. And it says, come one, come all to the greatest celebration of the year, the festival of the blazing sun. Attendance and children required. Rain or shine, all will be well. Children and children, attendance and children are required. Exactly. Sangam's gonna immediately turn to Eonway. Is that normal? <clears throat> Very normal. Do you not have festivals where you are from? I'm not talking about the festival. I'm talking about children required. Yes, and of course. required in general. It's, it sounds ominous. It is just our Burgomaster's way of keeping the town lively. Well, do we intend to stay for the festival or are we going to run our errand now? It would be better. If you tr if we try to leave now, trying to leave during the festival would be harder. Also, the vineyard is to ensure that there's enough wine for the festival. So there, you know, per Irwin, even taking the festivals into account, there's enough for a couple of weeks. No. Okay. So there's three barrels for this festival, three barrels for the next festival. Let does, us. How many festivals does this place have? One a week. Uh, it feels like more than that. Are they all the greatest celebration of the year? Erwin um, pulls a crumpled parchment from beneath the bar and hands it over. And on it, you see kind of a, a severed wolf's head. And it says, Come one, come all to the greatest celebration of the year, the wolf's head jamboree. Attendance and children required. Pikes will be provided. You all remember when you came in, there were various wolf heads on pikes outside the gates of the mm -hmm. village. So that was last week's? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, we should go now, then. And, um... Talk about this later. Did you, Yanway, when we came to the gates, I don't remember fully, but were you being questioned as to why you missed the festival? Attendance is mandatory. Okay. Even if you are a visitor? If you are under the protection of Volaki and its walls, it is just better to be there. I'm not saying I don't need to go or that I won't go. It's just more. So you told me to say things carefully here. So I'm going to write down that this is extremely weird behavior. And that's all I'm just going to show you. Like This is weird is what's written down. And then that's it. 
I mean, I'm an outsider, so I, you know, that's just one perspective. But mandatory attendance every week doesn't seem like sustainable behavior. Do people not have jobs? The people who work usually work early in the morning. The, there is much to do to keep the village running, and everything in between can be handled in between. <laughs> the fucking festivals. Every week it's the same bullshit. Shut up, Carl. It's too early for this. No, no, it's not too early for this. This has been the same way every fucking week for years. (laughs) It's giving me such a headache. Yes, yes, Nikolai, you know, gives me a headache. Gives me a headache not drinking wine. This is why I like you, brother. And both of them kind of look at the group. <laughs> you probably don't want to miss the festivals if you want to stay on the the burger on the burgomaster's good side. Okay. All will be well. And. You two uh, lovely fellows will be in attendance. Attendance is mandatory. Mandat- mand- mandatory. So yes, I will be there. Uh, Bar Vargas is a fucking moron. He's a fucking moron, Nikolai. I'm not afraid to say it. I never said I never said you were Carl. We should go. Yeah. You sh- yeah, you should. <laughs> I'm going to start making my way out. <laughs> okay, I'm going to pull Erwin just kind of puts his hand in his head. Or his head in his hand. It's just like, all right, well. As the group leaves the, the blue water. Outside, the air is rather calm. There's a bit of a a cool breeze coming from the north, bringing with it just a hint of like, you know that scent when you're nearby a body of water? Yeah. Moisture. Mm -hmm. That kind of moisture and that, that, that scent that comes with it see people mulling about their business. Various people seeing you leave the blue water. Taking note of the, of the newbies and some of the other things going on. They're going about their businesses. Some of them are running errands. Some of them are doing some repairs on their houses. There's a lot more life to this village than there was in the village of Barovia. But that being said, 
there's still this look of exhaustion on everyone's faces. Shit, I'd be exhausted too if I had to go to a party every week. Fuck that. <laughs> oh. Introversion. It's a crime. It, 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 yep. Fucking put me in jail. Uh, in, you know, solitary confinement, preferably. <laughs> mm -hmm. Please. <laughs> so, kind of based on the, the hosting that you had seen leaving the Blue Water, the festival's in about two days' time. Okay. Is there anything the group would like to do if uh, if they're going to be heading straight out to, to the winery, or is there anything they'd like to do in town? Any errands you'd like to run? Places you'd like to visit? Not, nothing for me. No, not here. You all prepare your things and kind of head out towards the entrance to the village that you all arrived here originally. Mal, get that cold breeze kind of blowing across your cheek, seeming eerily familiar in a sense of deja vu. Is there a body of water nearby? There is Lake Zarovich to the north. Uh, you saw it as you were heading in. I just want to make sure, like, my sense of direction is accurate as we're walking. Mm -hmm. um, does it feel like it's blowing a specific way, trying to get my attention, or just being an annoying batch of wind? It's blowing from the north, and it has that kind of lakefront quality to the to the, like the smell of it. I think, not I think. Um, Mal's just going to start kind of, you know how like, not, not when you like abruptly change direction, but just going to start like angling at a slight curve towards that way. Okay. All right. So it's kind of oblivious to anybody else. You know, pretend he's just kind of like absentmindedly like this is the right way. Yeah. So everybody else, you kind of start heading towards the West, towards the entrance that you the gate that you all entered through, whereas Mal starts kind of heading in the opposite direction at first and kind of splitting off from the group. Seems kind of lost in his thoughts as he starts walking away. Hey, Mal, where are you going? Uh, uh, the, this, this is the right way. It's this direction. How do you know? In the air. Can't you... Can't you scoop down and scoop up some little bit of ground, kind of crumble it up and take another breath of it? Yes. This way. Um, I'm gonna... <laughs> I'm gonna try to do the same, see if I, like, 
I'll roll a nature check to see if there's like something he's tracking or like, <laughs> roll a bullshit die for me. Roll a, like a, or I guess can I do a survival? Cause that's what tracking is. That I'll do Yeah, 12 to try to track what he's tracking. <laughs> uh, you, you don't get any like immediate like tracks or scents or like anything standing out in this direction. I don't see anything that says we should go this way. It is just dirt with footprints in it of people. We're not going west, correct? Like that's west the, he's is... heading that direction. He's heading the, he's heading north. Yep, you're you were originally heading west, and he's heading north. Do you just need to go see the lake, or do you do you have friends here? I, he kind of like shakes, shakes out of his head. I saw something last night when I was dreaming on the water, a person. It's, this feels like the right way. Is the, is this the same lake that I saw? The, uh, the elk? elk? Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh. I, weirdly, when we were coming into town yesterday, I saw an elk turn into a man across the lake. This person that I saw was on a boat. This person was an elk. <laughs> would be hard to be an elk on a boat. I would not be surprised. I've never seen an elk, an elk on a boat, especially not by itself without a handler. Well, if this person turned from an elk to a person, then they could have gotten on the boat. This is very true. Right. I mean, you can do fishing in the lake. I have not done it myself, but it is it, it is an activity. Didn't we get a fishing rod? We did. I mean, it wouldn't hurt to have supplies for our trip to the vineyard. I don't know how far the vineyard is, but food is food. It is quite a mark. Well, should we check out the lake and then uh, scenic route back to the vineyard? It is quite a scenic route, but we can. It's the only way you know that the, the vineyard is about 80, maybe like, you know it's more than five plus miles. You you have you'd have to track it out on the map, but maybe it's in between five and ten miles. I know where the I know the path where it breaks off, and then from there it's a bit of a guesstimate. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yep. Exactly. It is, yeah, we can do it, yeah, but it is it is like I said, it is a ways, and the going from the lake back to the path to go there. It, it is just a little out of the way, but doable. Sorry if this seems weird, it just feels right. Before we go to the lake, are there any local laws about participating in lake stuff that I need to be aware of? 
participating like, in <laughs> stuff. <laughs> the, the, uh, is there like a fishing festival that I need to not interrupt in three weeks' time? Oh, God, don't say that out loud. You will give him ideas. <laughs> um, no, no, the uh, the festival of the Shining Waters was about two months ago. Okay, okay. Good, I just didn't want to unintentionally, you know, disrespect any customs or step on any trade. Mm. No, I There's some, like, like marketing all. guy that the burgomaster employs that it's like fucking live in large. So, mm -hmm. so. You all head north following after um, following after Mal as he kind of goes on his strange little detour. Mal's big adventure. Yeah. You see uh, this large manor estate. Uh, very nice, but it, it it is needed repairs. You see that like if this house were a living entity, it almost seems disgusted with itself. There's a uh, a slouching roof heavy hanging over, you know, the gables. The walls are covered in moss and uh vines. The walls themselves sag and bulge under the weight of the vegetation. You kind of give the house the side eye as you're heading forward and you almost hear the you, know, you almost hear this the foundation groaning like you, it you could almost feel that the house hates what it be, has become not in the sense of like the house in the the death house you know very much this is personifying an inanimate object But it just, yeah, it it is a very it is a, um, a big just juxtaposition of different flashing concepts. Uh, Ianwe, you know this as the Vokter House. We should keep going. As you you say that, there's a an elderly man on the front porch wearing kind of nice nice tunic almost kind of like medieval equivalent of a of a suit and he just watches you head past as you head towards the lake as you all head further north Raxo you're the first to see this in the middle of the lake well first off you see that there's about four rope or three rowboats on the shoreline And there's a fourth one out and kind of out further out in the lake. On it, you see a humanoid figure. Kind of just seems to be sitting on the boat. Not really reacting to much. Uh, I'll point the person out to Mel. At my boat, dude. You, Mal, you you're getting stronger senses of deja vu as you're sitting there. You you feel the cold breeze on your cheek, and it feels very similar to the vision you had this morning. 
feels similar. You see the, the boat kind of bobbing up and down on the lake surface. The man... You see, Raxel, you can at least see that it's a man, larger in build, sitting, kind of staring off the edge of the boat. Um, I'm going to look around for the elk. Okay, go ahead and roll me a perception check. Okay. Nine. <laughs> You're kind of looking all over the place, and you're like, okay, trying to find this elk not really seeing anything meeting that description kind of distracting it's like this large 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 lake in front of you kind of a distracting things periodically you'll try to look for fish or birds then you're like all right i'm looking for an elk (sighs) kind of get distracted while looking all over Mm -hmm. that's um story of my life so yep. that hit too close to home that was too accurate yep <laughs> okay I mean we're here for Mal so I'm just gonna you know look around and see if anything stands out and that's it so is it just the one individual that's here amongst the boats You just see the one man on the boat about a few hundred feet from shore. There are three boats remaining. It looks like there were four. You see the drag marks in the shoreline. Does it appear there's anything in said boat? Uh, Roll me a perception check. Okay. Uh, 18. With an 18. Um, You know, it's kind of hard to see from the distance, but thankfully... Thankfully, there's not a lot of wind or cloud or clouds getting in the way. The fog is relatively low. You see... You see what you think looks like a... Maybe a sack of some sort, like a storage bag, sitting next to him. As he's just kind of staring off the waters, towards the water's edge. And you swear you see the bag twitch. Like, you see a movement. Very slight. Almost imperceptible. There's something in the bag he has. I don't know what it... Hmm. Yanwei, how safe is the water here? It is just a lake. There are no dangerous aquatic creatures that you're aware of, at least, Yanwei. How about it? It's a trap. These rowboats all look like they could hold hold all of you in one boat. Anyone care to saunter out on the water? I'm here for it. Sure. Well, it depends. Is there somewhere safe looking that we can tie up Ellis? I'm sure there is, but... I mean, the shoreline is relatively unassuming. Uh, There's not really any, like, stands to tie up. You could maybe do a tree. 
or just kind of let her roam. She'll probably let be her fine. Roam. Yeah. Hmm. Just to, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give a quick like perception, investigation, whatever to check for wolves. Yeah. Or okay. other scary things. With a twenty-three. So, something you've noticed while you've been here is that you're not you know you don't commonly see high populations of wolves you know there's there's packs here and there but something you've noticed here is that there are just an intense intense population of wolves in this valley and while you do not see any near kind of the, the outs, outskirts of the, the forest that you're nearby. You do hear rustling in the forest. You do periodically see flashes of gray. Then, yeah, I'm gonna stay here on shore mm -hmm. instead. Yeah. Um, kind of contextually, It seems like the density of wolves is higher in the surrounding area of this or of this village in particular. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Then yeah, um, no, all of you can go on without me. I'm, I'm going to stay here. Mm-hmm. You want someone to stay with you. Sure, you're welcome. I promised Ellis I would not leave her alone near wolves, and I I sense that there may be a lot of them around in general, so I intend to keep my promise. And you're welcome to stay, too. Yanwei, as they have this conversation... You know, obviously, the lake itself is not dangerous, but the reason why there is not a lot of fishing that takes place on Lake Zarovich is that there are a lot of wolves in the forests nearby, and many of them have attacked travelers on the roads. And so people tend to kind of avoid lengthy excursions if they can help it. I'll share that much with them. You don't want to spend too much time on the shore alone. Someone, either someone being there with you or coming with us would be best. Um, it may have been best to leave Ellis in town while we went this far. Right. But um, also, we should not be out here too late. I see. Well, is it wise to have any of us on the lake at all? Or should we stay together in case of an attack? Outside of, any, outside of any village, I would recommend being together with someone. Okay. The, the lake itself isn't really dangerous. Yeah, but my, my thought process is if there's a smaller number, number of people on the shore... Are the wolves going to see it as a more as like an easier target? Mm -hmm. So, the more people go out there, probably the more danger it is dangerous it is for people on the shore. Would be my thought. 
All right. Well, who is going to go on the link? Mal and Ander? Uh, yeah, at least, yeah. Okay. I didn't know if Ianwe was coming or not. Uh, yeah, I'll go. Okay. All right. So Sangam and, and Raxo, you kind of hang out at the, the shoreline with Ellis as you see your three other companions get into the relatively large-sized uh, rat, uh, boat and start rowing out into the middle of the lake. Kind of head out a little bit as you get closer and closer. I would say maybe halfway there, the man sitting in the, the boat seems to stir kind of out of that like thousand yard stare of a trance that he seemed to have been in. You see, as you get closer, you see this burlap sack next to him in this boat. Getting closer, and you see it's thrashing about a little bit. The, the sack looks to be maybe like the equivalent of a large laundry bag. You could probably fit maybe a chest's worth of material in it. The so man. We see it moving, you said? A little bit, yeah. The man kind of looks over the edge of the boat and you see him grab the sack and unceremoniously lob it into the water. Does that uh, throw any uh, alarms for you guys? As he, after he does that, he immediately pulls out his fishing rod and just starts staring back at the water. <sighs> How heavy is chainmail? Anybody off the top of their head? Uh, chainmail? Or no, I'm sorry, I have a chain shirt. Um, uh, chain mail is 55 pounds. Such a bad idea. Do it. Were we all aware? Were we all? Did we all see that, the, that something was moving in the bag? When you got closer, yeah, about like 100 feet, yeah, you saw... Uh, you did see kind of some twitching and thrashing from inside the bag. Yeah, mouse jumping in the water. YOLO, I'll jump in. Man, this team is full of just great ideas. <laughs> Alright, so Mal, you, you dive into the water. Sink like first, a rock. The first thing that you notice is that this is cold. Like, it, it just, not hypothermia cold, but cold. And it, it kind of jolts you awake. And you start swimming. At this point, you're about 100 feet away from where the boat was. You start swimming uh, underneath the water surface. You see, you see that the lake bed is quite a ways underneath where you are. Like this is a deep lake. Like think Lake Superior. <laughs> and you're swimming. You see this the the sack starting to just sink below the water surface. You see bubbles coming out of it seems to be flailing about under the surface of the water. Um, go ahead and roll me an athletics check to try and make up some ground uh, and to keep from 
being weighed down by your armor. 16. Right. Not horrible. With a, yeah, with a 16, you're able to keep going. Uh, you know, you do let the weight of your armor do some of the work for you to at least keep up with its uh, vertical descent as you approach. Go, natural anchor, go. Mm-hmm. And you are able to get to the bag. You know, I would say this is probably about 15 seconds or so. You're able to finally get there. Kind of just like, you know, swimming like your life depended on it. Mm -hmm. You see the bag is just completely tied off at the top. Uh, Well, to knife cut open. You cut it open. And inside, um, you see a small humanoid figure. Excuse me. A small humanoid figure with very, very pale white skin and black hair. Kind of wearing tattered yellows and purples. You see that seems to be a young child. She is tied up with hemp and rope. And her eyes go wide as she sees you cutting the bag open in front of her. Um, but she is still tied up at this point. Okay. Um, is it feasible to kind of hoist over shoulder and sp- using the lake bed to spring back up to the surface? You certainly could do that. Um, go ahead and roll me another athletics check. Just to make sure that you can overcome kind of the weight of everything. Sure. Uh, 17. Yeah, with the 17, you're able to, with great form, kick off the, the lake bed. You know, thankfully, it's not horribly deep here. Uh, you know, it's, it's still pretty deep, but it's not some of the deepest parts of the lake. So it's still within the confines of being able to swim um, decently. And uh, Mal, you just kind of kick yourself up to the surface. Ander and Yonwei, you see Mal kind of breach the surface of the water. His purple skin and you know dark hair. The first thing that you notice, kind of gasping, water totally human like. Yep, totally human like. <laughs> water draining off of the. Um, waterproof hairspray that he uses to make those, those points <laughs> on the side of his hairline. And he's kind of just gasping for breath instinctually as he hits the surface. And in his arms you see this younger younger human woman. You know, this, this girl, maybe no more than like six or seven, coughing and sputtering. You know, she seems very weak. The entire time this is going on, the man on the boat is just fishing. He's not paying any attention to the event going on. You see his face is very pale. His his um, skin is very wrinkled, and he's got a very like poorly kept mustache and beard. I kind of want to like jump over to his boat and like slap him in the face to see if he like wakes up like what is he doing kind of situation sure yeah 
what how much of that can the people on the shore see so you can see like you see the bag being thrown or you see an object being thrown from the boat into the water and once that happens you see mal jump off of the rowboat after it and you know about a minute overall you see a figure emerging from the lake again is it noticeable as mal with a kid it is noticeable as mal with something okay as you are, you know, a few hundred feet away. Uh, Ander, you hop into the man's boat. He gives you this, like, he kind of turns and his expression is very blank and just unfocused. I don't remember having another fisherman. What about what about the, the thing you just threw in the water? What do you remember? Like I want to smack the fishing rod out of his hand too. Like no, we're we're talking. And the fishing rod hits into the lake, and he just kind of looks, and it's like I was using that. And the person you just threw in the lake you were using that too this donny are lucky I thought if I sacrificed one to the lake I'd catch some fish and well over a week since I caught the fish so, 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 so your logic is sacrifice a person maybe catch some fish yes that is what I was planning on doing. I, I don't... I don't... Words escape me. But what if I wanted to test the same theory? Why that person over you? Because I am not lucky. Clearly. If I was, if I was lucky, I would have caught fish. But since I was not lucky... I thought I would make an offering to the lake of something that was lucky. But now, as I don't have a fishing pole, I can't do any more fishing. That's probably for the best. Now I will not be able to buy wine. Maybe tomorrow. Do you mind getting off my boat? I have to get to shore. By, uh, I don't know what to do about this situation, so I'm going to let someone who better understands this logic decide what to do here, and I'm just going to get off the boat. Sploosh. You're able to get back into the rowboat you took out. Uh, Mal, I assume you with the, the girl in your rowboat? Yes. Yeah, she's she's kind of on the verge of consciousness, coughing and sputtering. Just gonna do a boop and just pump one point of land hands in. Just if nothing else to stabilize. Yeah, and it, it's not like she had taken damage. It's more so the you know, trying to force water out of her lungs kind of thing. 
Gotcha. See Ander kind of head back to your boat and the man, um, kind of the larger man, is almost looks like his, his skin is kind of folded on top of each other. He like feebly reaches out an oar to try and like recollect his fishing rod. But eventually that floats out of his reach and he just kind of starts rowing back towards the shoreline. Do I recognize the girl? You don't know her directly, but it does seem like she might uh, belong to the Vestani camp that is kind of almost semi-permanent to the south of the village here. You didn't really interact with that camp much, but um, kind of like this, the, the encampment where you saw Metameva, it's, it's strange for Vistani to set up permanent uh, permanent um, domiciles. Okay. You do kind of have that passing recognition of the man on the boat. Like, not somebody you really know well, but like somebody you maybe have Walked, walked by in the street. I think his name's Bluto or something. Okay. But I'll wait to share that when we get to shore. Or at least yeah. we're all together. Yeah, when uh, Mal gets back on the boat, I would mention the, the child was thrown in the lake because they were lucky in hopes of returning fish to the lake. Why don't we go ahead and bring his boat in as well? That logic makes absolutely no sense. Thank you for saving me, by the way. You're welcome. How old are you? I am seven. My name is Arabelle. And you are? Call me Mal. Thank you for saving me, Mal. You're welcome. Ander, would you care to bring that gentleman's boat to shore? He's rowing, I'm assuming, very slowly near us. Mm -hmm. He is rowing in the direction of shore. I'm sure we can speak with him when we get to shore. There's not if, a lot of life in his words. When we get to shore, I would like to return to my family's camp outside the village. I'm sure that Papa Luvash will uh, reward you for it. Of course, we'll take you back. That sounds logical. I thought so as well. Perfectly reasonable request. Thank you. I try. For being so young, she acts very, very adult-like. It's kind of strange. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Sorry, I was about to say. So <laughs> her name was Arabelle? Arabelle, yep. Okay. You know, you, you've all met the kind of some children that are just like... Way older than they should be. Yeah, are you sure you're... A, yeah, are you sure you're a child and not like a cosplaying 80-year-old? I was that <laughs> child. Mm-hmm. Yep. So was I. I was half the time. The other half the time I was a ferret. 
<laughs> Bro, same. The half and half thing, yep. Mm-hmm. Half seas. The three of you and, and Arabelle are easily able to get to the shoreline before Bluto. He's he's just still heading back towards towards the shore, slowly on his boat. Sangam and Raxo, eventually you see Mel and Ander and Ianwe appear. They're kind of bringing the boat to shore and they have this little girl with them. Um, while we're going to shore, I'm going to look at uh, Ianwe. What is the penalty for kidnapping and attempted murder in these lands? I hope it is not different from your own lands. Still, I would not want to violate any of the laws. I should have just left him in the lake, because all will be well. That's what I would have said afterwards. This would technically fall under the jurisdiction of Fistani, and so it would be up to my papa, who is the leader of our encampment, to determine an appropriate uh, punishment for his actions. Hi, um, I am Arabelle, by the way. Nice to meet you all. Nice to meet you, Arabelle. Indeed. Should we escort this uh, gentleman to her father? They know where he is. Oh, so your father will handle it when uh, we take you back? Yes. Okay. I think that's for the best. If not Papa Luvash, Uncle Aragal might. Do I know those names? Go ahead and roll me a history check. Of course, I'm good at this. Not one for a total of seven. No, you haven't heard those names before. You don't. You didn't really interact a lot with the Vistani, especially the ones near Valaki. Um, the ones that you most had the interactions with were kind of the ones that were uh, traveling more so. The ones that would kind of come in and out with uh, the various wares from outside of the valley. And the camp that we stayed at previously with Madame Ava, like, do, I, I guess I don't know enough about the Vistani in general. Would mm-hmm. these different camps have, like, like, are they all, like, one people kind of thing? Or, like, are they own, like, they own, like, their own little factions? Yes and no. Like, the, um, Typically, the Vistani are more of a nomadic people. Mm-hmm. And so they all they all kind of share this heritage. And many of them will kind of have their own traveling groups and their own family camps. Sometimes they'll get together, you know, periodically make larger camps with other families or other troops. Okay. Kind of think of like Romani people is very is kind of their inspiration, and that makes sense. I just like because from Anders' perspective, he's only run into two groups of them now, and both of them have been the stationary ones. Or he hasn't run into this one, but Arabelle's group is also the stationary one from the explanation. It seems like okay, and but normally they wouldn't have permanent camps like those two, Madame Ava's and Arabelle's camps no. seem to be the the they permanent location be, places. Okay. Yeah, they seem to be different. 
Okay. Luvash. Okay. Yep, Luvash. L U V A S H. Okay. Well, makes sense to uh, take the child home. It's along the way to where we're going, right? Uh, do we do we know if it's along the way? Yeah. It's near the western gates, um, to the south of it. Perfect. Yeah, Mal's only question was whether or not we needed to bring this fool with us. <laughs> but she's Annabelle said that uh Annabelle. Arabelle. Um, <laughs> um Arabelle said that they would be handling him without us having to bring him in, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of the implication. Yeah. Yeah, I would say we just escort her home. Perfect. And I will take them around around the outside of Vulaki to the west gate and towards where the camp should be. That is entirely doable. As you start to head kinda of head towards the direction of the the village, you see the man that you think's named Bluto hit the shoreline and kinda of just stare off at the lake for a little bit. When he hits the shoreline, Sangam is immediately turning around and starting to march towards him. Okay. It takes a while for him to notice that you're even doing it. He just kind of like turns pretty much like right as you're right behind him. I want to punch him. Um, you don't even have to roll for it. Just crack him across the face. And... Sangam is just going to keep punching him. I will round over on Sangam and pull him off. Are you trying to do lethal damage? Not kill him, no. Just are you trying to knock him out, or are you just trying to feel better? Um, I'm trying to make him hurt. A mild maiming. <laughs> Alright, so then I will say, go ahead and, uh, What's your strength modifier? Minus something? It's minus two. It's okay, it's nothing. That's fine. That's fine. Um, so go ahead and roll me uh, your sneak attack damage. Sneak attack is four. Okay. So that would be five damage. And a couple of teeth. Like you see a few teeth kind of come knock out of his head. They're in very poor shape. Kind of partially rotten and yellowed blood dribbling down his, his mouth. He just kind of looks at you. Almost not really, like, getting what's going on. Why did you hurt me? You do not do that to children. He just kind of seems dazed for a minute. Um, You could probably get one more punch on him before uh, Eonway would get to you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, yeah. Go ahead and, and roll a sneak attack again six points of damage and he goes out like a light just he's like why are you hitting me and you go because you don't do that to children crack him across the face and he's unconscious on the shoreline his blood mingling with the sand important question mm -hmm. does Yanwei get to sing him now or are there a couple seconds 
That's up to Ianwe. My fear was that uh, another person might die, so I'm going as fast as I can. Okay. Um, as Ianwe gets there, uh, are, you, are you trying to grab Sangam? Yes. Okay. The way that Sangam moves, you can tell that they were going for more punches. But when you get there and hold on to them, they just freeze immediately and are just standing stock still. I will drag Sangam uh, like a good 20 feet away and just throw them a bit, throw them in front of me uh, to interpose myself between uh, the now unconscious person and Sangam. Hey, we're not fighting you at all. I am just going to stare at Sangam with one hand on the rapier, like ready to pull it out, just waiting. Sangam just wordlessly stares back and there are like aspects of clothing from everyone present. Meaning like the entire system was in agreement on that. I don't think you need to be hostile to your companion. Uh, they were only doing what they felt appropriate in the situation. And were I more capable, I probably would have done the same myself. I don't think it's right to dole out your own justice. Especially not when the last time you made such a rash decision, it was my life at stake. I'm not going to stand beside and just hope that someone who did something that evil gets their comeuppance. To be fair, he will probably be dead by tomorrow. For what I know of the Vistani, you don't have to worry about it. Good. I yes. didn't know. He will be very dead by tomorrow. Or maybe... <laughs> Depends on how fast Uncle Eregal goes. Good. Let's try not to dole out your own form of justice. Not until it is clear what what it is exactly we should all be doing. Yanwei, I am willing to bend over backwards to make you feel comfortable in everything but this. If there is a child that is put in harm's way, I will bend hell and heaven. Save the child. We don't need to deal with the criminal ourselves. I would say action tends to be better than inaction in situations where lives are on the line. So I would actually, I actually appreciate the actions your companion here has taken. I understand that there seems to be some sort of bad blood between you, between you two. I won't ask what it is, but I just will say, whatever it was was in the past, and I think you are unwilling to forgive them because that would uh, show some level of weakness to the world that you're trying to hide from others. All right, we should head to my village now. We should get you home. Yanwei's like, too much truth. Take the child home. <laughs> <laughs> and I think as you head back to the encampment, it would be a good place to wrap up the session. We can start there next time. Wonderful. Yeah. Yay. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. And until next time, you will be missed. Bye. 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 Bye.